Welcome to the Body and Beyond podcast with Alice and Gina. A podcast sparking discussion on all things health, mindset, fitness, goals, and motivation. We strive to help you to boost your confidence, to take the lead in your own life, to back yourself, and to step into your full potential. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Body and Beyond podcast with Gina and Alice. And today we have a lovely guest, Lawrence Stevens, who is a nutritionist. Um, the, the title of today's podcast is Nutrition Considerations for Muscle Growth with nutritionist Lawrence Stevens. Lauren, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Very exciting. Um, so this is a topic you know a lot about being a coach and also having gone through a lot of muscle growth phases yourself. So yeah. let's kick the party off with you introducing yourselves for us. Sure. I grew up in a very small town called Goulburn. And when I was about 18 years old, I started lifting in the gym and I just absolutely fell in love with it. My story is not overly exciting, um, but I just started being really consistent, loved the changes that I saw in terms of strength uh, and muscle growth. So then I decided to pursue a career in personal training. So I completed my certification um, with personal training and then I moved to Canberra where I became a uh, fitness coach for about five years. And then I pursued my nutrition degree and yeah, ever since then, I've just been doing, you know, a lot of nutrition and personal training for the last, sorry, training for about 10 years and nutrition for the last three to five years. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been a very, very fulfilling career and yeah, I get a lot out of it. And t- tell us a little more about your own personal journey when it comes yeah. to your personal fitness goals, um, because we know that you have done some incredible uh, phases of surplus and muscle gain for muscle growth. So yeah, tell us a little more about your your goals and your experience with training. Yeah, sure. So I guess like a lot of people, when I started training, I wouldn't say that I was training optimally. I wasn't fo- following a proper uh, periodized program uh, back when I was about 18. Uh, however, uh, when I started to gain a little bit more knowledge around what more, you know, fuel and calories can do for your physique, not just aesthetically, but um, physiologically as well, I really started to see more muscle growth and more strength. So I became a lot more confident with the process as a result. Um, and I didn't, I guess, shy away from um, the surplus, you know, when I started to get uh, gain a little bit more weight, I educated myself and I reached out to a lot of people who were achieving the same goals as me and to try to, I guess, improve my mindset around weight gain and understanding that not all weight gain is body fat gain and understanding the percentage of fluctuations that can happen from from day to day and and on the week. So I really tried to educate myself and trust the process. And so I continued uh, building for at least, it was about 12 to 18 months. And then I would do, you know, a a cutting phase and then I would re-enter a building phase. So I kind of cycled on and off for that for a few years. And that's when I really started to see my physique change. 
Mm. You mentioned the mindset that's so crucial, hey, especially for women, but men as well. But like, yeah, being comfortable or being okay with getting uncomfortable um, as the weight does increase and also potentially the body fat a little bit as you as you grow lean tissue as well. Yeah. And so what would you yeah. say, what would you say, um, what were the biggest shifts you made personally in regards to the mindset side of being, you know, being okay with, with those changes? Yeah. I'm really fortunate because I've always had a good relationship with food, but mm-hmm. I know a lot of clients have not. And it's funny because a lot of people talk about, you know, don't focus on the aesthetic point of view, you know, focus on what, you know, um, what strength can do in the gym and things like that. However, uh, it's it, it, it's it's a massive psychological approach to this that I don't hear a lot of people speak about. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got to understand that a lot of this um, skinny, healthy mentality has been manifested by um, Instagram and having a skinny waist and a thigh gap and being skinny is healthy. So I've coaching a lot of women over the years I've seen that there is a preconceived like conditioned response of weight loss being celebrated so when when you know a lot of women jump on the scale and they see the weight go down or even maintain it's like a confirmation to them like I'm I'm healthy this is this is what is desirable but it's really important to shift that um, you know mentality so we're forming new habits to then celebrate the scale going up. Mm. So it's the forming of new habits habits to encourage the new goal of muscle gain, which is so crucial here because a lot of women for so many years have celebrated weight loss and being skinny. Mm. So that's really important. Um, and yeah, like setting goals in terms of weekly uh, weight increases and celebrating that mm. uh, and understanding the weight fluctuations and why weight fluctuations can occur. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where the education sort of side of things comes into it. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And you touched a little bit on then just about the, um, the other benefits that you're saying um, during surplus, plays, surplus phases to focus on when it comes to performance and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so could you talk more about your experience with the benefits of eating more in a surplus besides just the aesthetic focus? So um, yeah, what are some of those? Yeah, definitely. So besides the, yeah, the obvious aesthetic focus and the strength and, uh, and general hypertrophy that comes along with excess calories, uh, a couple of the physiological benefits would be potentially improved sex drive, um, improved recovery. Um, so, you know, it's a lot of women when they're chronically dieting, they do get a lot of, you know, physiological adaptions and reactions to that and which can be a low sex drive and their recovery is not as great. They might lose uh, a bit of cognitive function uh, and things like that. So yeah, increasing your calories and just eating more food in general is, is a lot more than just the aesthetic benefit. Mm. Yeah, great. Can, are there any other benefits that you've experienced on a personal level other than the ones you just mentioned? So I, yeah, so I've experienced all of, all of the physiological uh, benefits that I just mentioned, but making sure like a lot of clients, um, I've really seen them heal their relationship with food mm-hmm. um, by eating more. It's that chronic uh, dieting mentality um, that can affect them um, neg- negatively. Uh, and yeah, so it's just, yeah, really beneficial to just consume more calories. 
Mm. Yeah, that's so powerful, hey? Women wanting to be smaller and then starting to shift into being okay with actually growing and taking up more space, not from a putting on lots of body fat perspective, but from, yeah, from a, from a just taking more shape and more muscle perspective. It's so powerful. Yeah, cool. yeah. So um, in regards to your, the way you educate around how to approach a surplus, so how would you, from a coaching perspective, how do you deal with that with your clients and yourself? Yeah. So I like to say to my clients, keep it simple, Sally, because a lot of the time when it comes to calculations, a lot of clients can feel quite overwhelmed. However, it is still really important to educate clients on how um, calories, you know, how they are incorporated into, you know, determining a surplus and a maintenance and a deficit. So when I'm coaching a client and they come from a level of low nutritional literacy, and they have no idea how many calories that they're consuming. Um, they can, so normally we do like a, a nutritional log where, you know, over a seven day period, I review, you know, their, their intake. I'll do a calculation and then I'll educate them on what their maintenance calories ideally should be. Now that can come from uh, doing a TDE calculator online, or you can do it manually. So there are a couple of equations that you can use to figure out where your maintenance calories are. And a couple of them, for example, could be, you know, the TDE calculator online. Um, and that basically is comprised of your basal metabolic rate, your uh, non-exercise activity thermogenesis, your thermic effect of food, and also your, um, uh, your energy expenditure. So... Obviously, we need a certain amount of calories to maintain our weight, but to facilitate a surplus, we need to be in a surplus of calories. So I would get my clients to track their food over about seven to 14 days. We would get them to record their weight uh, periodically throughout the week, and then we can see exactly what their weight is doing over that week. Now, if their weight's stable, it is generally uh, means that they're at maintenance. If they're losing weight, they're in a deficit, and if they're gaining, they're in a surplus. So in simple terms, a deficit is, is quite simply when you're expending more energy than you're consuming. Maintenance, you're eating the same amount that you're expending, so you're weight neutral. And surplus, which is ideally what we want for a, for a building phase, is work when you're consuming more energy than you're expending. So based on the client's data, depending on what their weight is doing, will then dictate the next strategy. So... Um, normally with TDE calculators, um, what you can do if you wanted to get, um, you know, a, a, a rough figure of where your TDE could be is when you put in your stats, like your age, weight, height into the TDE, cal TDE calculator online, and it will give you a rough amount of calories that you should be sitting at um, to maintain. Now, we shouldn't be taking that um, number is gospel because it does depend on the dietary history of the individual. Say, uh, you know, someone is supposed to have a total daily energy ex um, expenditure of about 2000 calories, but they've been dieting for a long time. So therefore their TDEE is actually, uh, say 1800 calories. So a strategic approach for them, I would, um, ideally recommend to get them back up to, their predicted TDE, say 2000, hold them there for a few weeks, see how their weight responds. 
and then we would increase uh, their calories by about five to ten percent above um, the TDE. So that is considered a conservative um, approach and is quite beneficial for people who are a bit afraid of um, weight gain. So we, we would approach it um, a little bit conservatively. Or if we have an individual who is consuming where they should be for their TD, um, then we would just add about say two to 300 calories um, or about five to 10% uh, percent increase from there. Mm -hmm. And how do you normally track progress ongoing? So you've mentioned already during that period, you'll track weight, but what, how, how else do you track progress as you work with a client? Sure. Yeah. So tracking weight is obviously a really, really good tool because the scales don't lie. It's very indicative of exactly what's going on in your body with the exception of weight fluctuations. However, of course, you can do photos, uh, you can do skin calipers, you can do measurements, you can do a DEXA scan. Um, but of course, that's a little bit more inconvenient and costly. So the most common approaches would be to take um, photos every couple of weeks, uh, track your weight every uh, few times every week to get the average so we can see a trend over time. Um, and yeah, and, and measurements if, if possible. But normally I do about two forms of tracking and that normally consists of photos and uh, weight. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like your advice would be personally for you and your clients when it comes to uh, gaining a little more body fat? Um, but a lot of the time I find um, the tricky part is or the part that women sometimes or possibly men as well can find challenging is increase in muscle mass isn't something that you wake up the next day and you look in the mirror and you go, I've just grown, you know, two millimeters of bicep muscle. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it's not something that you wake up and you see uh, easily every day. So a lot of the time, I think part of that anxiety around that fat gain is not really knowing or understanding how, or if they're actually getting muscle gains, right? So yeah. a lot of women are like, well, I'm gaining fat, but how do I know if I'm gaining muscle as well? And all of this is going to be worth it. Like, do you have any kind of advice around combating that or maybe ways that you would be able to track muscle growth? Yeah, definitely. Um, so the photos are really good, a really, really useful tool because um, a lot of women can go through body recompositioning phases where they can be the exact same weight as they were, say, a year before, but physically they look a lot different. So body recomposition is a little bit difficult to achieve and normally takes longer. Um, but to... Generally, if you are a beginner or a beginner athlete, you're a muscle natural athlete, your muscle building potential is, of course, a lot, um, you know, higher in, over that year than someone who is um, intermediate or advanced. I think that um, beginner athletes can actually gain up to about five kilos of lean mass in a year. And then when the years go on, it's about two kilos a year. And then from three years on, it's about 1.3 kilos a year. So as the years go by and become more advanced, uh, it becomes more difficult to build muscle. However, which is why being in a surplus is so advantageous to facilitate more muscle growth. But to ensure that you are building muscle is, it's not just the nutrition, of course, but it's the, the, um, the weight training sides of things as well, ensuring that you're getting stronger in the gym, um, incorporating progressive, progressive overload principles, making sure you've got enough uh, training volume, that your recovery is good. Uh, but generally, the scientific literature has said that has stated that if you're training correctly and you're consuming about 
women only really need about two to 300 um, calories above maintenance point and your weight is going up at say a conservative uh, rate of about 0.2 to 0.5% weekly, um, chances are likely you are putting on muscle. But you really do have to play the long game because particularly if you're a natural athlete, but you have to be consistent. And as long as you are um, ensuring all these variables are in place, as just mentioned, and you're taking photos and you're measuring your progress, it will happen. And that's actually a good point because uh, a lot of women back out of surpluses quite quickly. So they might probably do about 12 weeks which is okay, that would definitely be the minimum time I would recommend. But a lot of women underestimate their potential when it comes to lifting weights and what their body can do, and they really need to give it time. Yeah, mm. I agree. And that's probably um, exactly what I would um, sort of say with my own clients as well. There's a little bit of an element in there of um, practice the consistency and then you've got to trust the process to an exactly. extent and yep. going through competition phases myself um, surplus phases and also extreme diet phases you know for for competition I can definitely relate to that in myself as well and there is a big element of patience consistency and trusting the process and really for me personally I like to focus a lot of the energy on um, not so much the result like at hand or in the eye, but focusing on the actual processes. So, you know, the progressive overload and the training and increasing your strength each session, like really putting that energy towards the process um, rather than the result itself. Mm, exactly. That, I guess that kind of helps with that um, mental shift when it comes to patience. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've got to, we really got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because your, your future physique will really thank you for it. And it's, it's interesting because um, your body fat percentage start point can definitely influence um, your body composition over time and how quickly you might be wanting to be tempting to go back into a dieting phase. So it really, it's completely individualized with what your specific goal is. Uh, generally, uh, before we recommend someone to go in a surplus phase, um, you know, the body fat percentages, um, for example, if you're um, up to about 25% or about 26%, we would recommend you to start being in a, a conservative surplus from then because the, you know, the potential body fat that you will accumulate, which is inevitable with the surplus, at the end of that, you will have less to lose um, potentially at the end of that um, building phase. So there are strategies and things before you enter a surplus, surplus that will make it a little bit more manageable. If you are above 25%, um, of course, you can still continue to, you know, be in a surplus. But perhaps, you know, if you're already about 10 to 15 kilos away from your ideal goal, you might want to either sit at maintenance or go into a deficit first. So there are considerations there. Mm. Do you have specific body fat percentage, like recommendations for when, um, for females and males, yep. when when we should be looking at, yeah, focusing on a surplus phase and when to maybe yep. rein it in a little bit? Yeah, so with women, generally anywhere up to about 25 to 26%, I would recommend mm. um, are, are good candidates for a conservative surplus for sure. Men can be a little bit um, a little bit less. Um, so men, I would probably recommend about 17 to 18%. Uh, 
potential good for it for an initial surplus. And then if you're yeah, above those recommendations, again, by the end of that building phase, you're probably going to have more to lose, which means that your the length of your diet will either you know have to be extended. But really, it's individualized and it's up to that uh, individual, depending on whatever their physique goal is. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, you've mentioned some of the mind, the mindset, and you did as well, Alice, around um, the mindset of being in that position. But have you ever been in a position yourself, Lauren, or had a client in the position where they're literally about to quit their surplus phase, like they've been right on the cusp? And and what what did you do in that instance? Yeah, I've actually had that more so with reverse dieting, mm-hmm. uh, but with yeah, with the clients who who just were very, very anxious about seeing the scale go up. And I think for a lot of people, yes, it is about um, psychology behind, you know, why they kept reinforcing themselves that weight loss was good so long ago. So now it's an ingrained um, psychological type reaction. But it's also, it's education. So, you know, a lot of women went, Lauren, like I'm freaking out, my weight's spiking. And then I would say, don't freak out. You've just had a really high carb meal the night before or you've got your period or whatever so and they're like oh okay okay you yeah, know that that makes sense I understand now so mm-hmm. it's just seeing that little light bulb go off in go off in their heads um you know whenever I would reassure them and then over time because normally habits and, and ways of thinking do take a while to shift um in the individual you can see that they become a lot less anxious over time um and they become a lot more comfortable and they trust the process so it really is a lot about educating the individual um because yeah essentially that's that's what it's all about if you understand how body fat or thermodynamics works and what i mean by that is you know three and a half thousand calories over a week equals about 400 grams uh, 400 grams of body fat right so if you know that you know you've been tracking your calories and you're like oh well i'm I'm really 300 calories or 400 calories a day on you know in a surplus and i've just my my weight spiked two kilos overnight Mm. i haven't eaten that much in a surplus to store that much body fat something else is going on Yeah. yeah so like in terms of thermodynamics it's not possible so and a lot of women don't understand that that's how it works. They just see the, the scale go whoop and they're like, oh, I put on this weight. So education is huge here. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. And that obviously can be calculated and reassured to someone who's tracking very specifically, like if a client is literally tracking everything. Do you ever have um, or have you ever had a more... Um, a less a less tracked version of going into a surplus phase maybe maybe for someone who's not ready to track or they're for whatever reason you've made that decision together um is that something you've also done yeah yeah definitely um tracking can be quite tedious there are pros and cons i believe of tracking and not tracking i think you can definitely do the surplus a lot more loosely-ish uh, when, uh, as opposed to say a, a deficit phase requires a bit more precision at times, but a surplus, you can be a little bit more lenient. Now it does dip. So after I analyze the, the client's uh, nutritional intake um, or I assess their nutritional literacy, I will you know, recommend, okay, look, your nutrition needs a complete overhaul. So maybe it would be useful to track, um, you know, certain macros so you can get an idea of calorie values and food and just generally how inconsistent you are. Um, Mm. Or I will recommend uh, the hand system, which is generally, for example, you know, for women, one cupped handful is one serving of carbs or one fist is one serving of protein 
one thumb is one serving of fats. So the, if you're not tracking, the hand system works well if you're consistent already with your nutritional intake because, and you know how often you eat and when from a daily basis because I can just say, all right, well, you just need to add in two to three cups of extra um, you know, cups of, of, of carbohydrates a day. So, and that's easily getting them about two to 300 calories above maintenance. But someone's a bit more sporadic who eats pretty inconsistently. I might, you know, give them a meal plan just very temporarily. Um, so they can, you know, some build up some consistent habits or I will get them onto tracking. So it really depends where their mindset is and what they are going to adhere to and be consistent with because ultimately that's what they're going to stick to. So it, it, yeah, depends on the individual, but it, you can quite easily coach them to use the, the hand system without tracking. Yeah. And I guess that will also come back to the progress tracking as well. Like if you aren't going to be tracking your intake exactly, if it's going to be a bit more intuitive or using yeah. like the hand method, then yeah. you're going to want to make sure that you really are tracking the progress, whether it be scales, measurements, photos, um, so that you know, okay, well, you know, I'm dropping weight on scale. I'm clearly not in a, in a surplus. I need to increase what my portions are. Mm. So yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And at the end of the day, you need to meet the client where they're at. Hey, and um, change like ultimately for a lot of people, this is true change. Like they're learning and they're implementing and that takes time. And so helping someone go from beginner level through to the more advanced techniques. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So, um, we touched a little bit on, um, I guess, the patience and consistency side of things when it comes to your surplus, but maybe it'd be great to dig a little deeper into realistic goal setting when it comes to this. So how much can someone um, expect to gain, for example, in muscle growth? Because um, that might give us a little more understanding about why it takes more time than often people think that it takes, mm. you know? Like what would be realistic goals to set in terms of muscle growth? Yeah. So I would generally, it, it depends on the approach, whether it's a conservative, uh, a what really it's only conservative or, more, or, or a moderate approach, depending on the degree of surplus you're in, will depend on the amount of body weight that you gain per week, per month and in the year. So as I mentioned before, from a scientific literature point of view, about three to, to 500 calories above surplus equates to a rough 100 to 300 gram gain per week which is about 0.2 uh, to 0.5 percent so if we go based on the scientific literature we can then make sure that we've got you know um, uh, strategies in place to ensure that we're constantly hitting those targets um, and you know depending on how advanced you are whether you're a complete newbie or whether you're someone who's been training for a while comparing that to what we know about what we can uh, what a natural athlete can realistically gain um, and then just track our progress and, and then just making sure that all those variables are in check with progressive overloading and and all those sort of things so unfortunately um, it does get a lot harder the more advanced you are uh, metabolic adaption does set in you've got to keep changing things you've got to eat more um, you know so so yeah just making sure that we're facilitating the things we need to do to increase our muscle and I think a lot of the reason why you do see high level athletes, particularly in when it comes to aesthetic and muscle growth, they do have serious, what we would call maybe off seasons or 
um, you know, growth phases because they need a, they need that time. Um, if you're kind of getting towards that intermediate to advanced level or athlete level, you need time um, in order to get those, those gains, right? You can't just go into a two-month surplus and expect to gain much from that at all. So, yeah, it doesn't work like that. It's interesting as well that the, the myth that never dies, which is the whole bulky thing and women being afraid of, I know this is a very, very common topic, uh, it's funny when women say, you know, I don't want to get bulky. It's, you know, unless you fall into a vat of, you know, anabolic steroids, it's just, you know, it's crazy. We, we just don't have the, the testosterone. We, you know, women who have, who have, you know, do look quite muscular and lean have been training for decades. Like it's a lifestyle that's not even easily obtainable for the, the, the average person, so it really, yeah, gaining match muscle naturally, it really does take, it takes time and consistency and the right knowledge and execution. It mm. does. And so for all of the people out there who are maybe thinking to themselves, I don't want to be a bodybuilder. I don't want to gain too much muscle. Even if your goal is to let's go with the classic uh, wording of toned, um, <laughs> I would say don't hold back because if you want to get toned, you're going to have to work damn hard still, right? It's still going to have to go through that same process of allowing your body to rebuild that muscle each time. And, you know, it it's not going to happen unless you are getting those ducks aligned. So um, I think there is a bit of a misconception around women and training and, oh, if I just go lighter, then I won't get bulky. And, well, if you just go lighter, you're going to be trying to get toned for the next 10 years as opposed to maybe just achieving it in six months, you know? So yeah, exactly. I would say, like, don't hold back, ladies. If you just want to get, even if you don't want to gain, you know, mass amounts of muscle, which is incredibly hard to do, mm. you definitely want to line up as much as you possibly can um, with your nutrition and your training to succeed because it is damn hard, you know? Mm. Yeah, exactly. And if anything, for from a body composition standpoint, particularly metabolically, having more muscle is so advantageous. If anything, I mean, even though, you know, gaining a certain amount of muscle only contributes a small percentage to your basal metabolic rate, but it's still, it's still a factor, right? Um, it's funny because a lot of women want to stay thin, but to stay thin, uh, it's a lot more advantageous to have muscle because, you know, muscle is very metabolically active. So, you know, why, why wouldn't you want to burn more calories at rest whilst having more muscle on your frame and not getting bulky um, versus not having much muscle on your frame and doing a lot of cardio? It's, it's completely counterproductive to the end goal of the individual uh, wanting to stay thin. So, um, yeah, resistance training and, and eating in a calorie surplus to facilitate more muscle to enhance your metabolic efficiency is yeah um, often underlooked by a lot of, of people yeah um something we've said in many podcasts prior to this one is that unfortunately so many women are always in diet mode like you've mentioned lauren you know they're trying to be skinnier they're trying to be smaller so yeah. and you know we've tried to um over the podcasts you know talk about yeah, being more focusing on being at maintenance or, and then this podcast with you today is about putting on muscle and going into surplus and being comfortable with that, which is amazing. So my question to you is um, what could that look like for someone? Like how, like if someone's already in diet mode and they're wanting to accept that they now can move into a healthy maintenance phase and then they want, they do want to achieve results and change their body. What could a year look like for them in regards to maintenance, surplus phase, fat loss phase? Like what, what could that look like for someone who's listening, who's never done it before? 
Yeah. So with metabolic adaption principles in place, it is completely individualized. And normally if someone, so when you figure out where their TDE should be based on their age, weight and height, we figure out whether they're under where they should be, whether they're pretty much where they should be, uh, will dictate the next stage. So if someone's in a chronic uh, dieting phase and their say their TDE is about 2,100 and they're maintaining on about 16 to 1,700, mm-hmm. I would say, okay, well, you know, we're obviously not dieting. We would possibly do a reverse diet mm-hmm. um, and or go back to maintenance depending on how long that previous diet phase um, has been. If it's been a pretty lengthy one, we would reverse diet where we strategically increase calories over a period of time back up to their predicted TDE with the goal of limited to no weight gain. Some mm. people gain a little bit. Some people stay the same. Some people even lose. Mm. Uh, but obviously the goal for the reverse is not to lose. It's to get their metabolism at a better uh, position. So to make future you know, dieting phases easier and weight maintenance easier as well. So that might take, say... God, that's also completely individualized. It could, and we are, and this is absolutely. First of all, this is it's everyone's individualized, but we also want to paint a nice general picture for someone who might be like starting to think about like seeking assistance with something like this. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Just one example, basically, yeah, (laughs) like a one-person example, which would be different for everyone, but yeah. So say it would take eight weeks, and so they've reversed diets. We've got them at maintenance, and then we're going to start, you know obviously their goal is to maintain, I'm sorry, to go into a surplus, then we would start the conservative approach of about a five to 10% increase. Mm-hmm. Now I would recommend a minimum of, you know, three months at least, but at least six to 12 months, depending mm-hmm. on where their current body fat percentage is sitting at. Uh, and then we would just execute that for say 12 months and just focus on strength, getting stronger, um, you know, all the other benefits of eating more food. And then uh possibly when we reassess, they've gotten to the end of that six or 12 month phase, then perhaps if they wished, um, we would drop them back down into um, a deficit phase. Mm-hmm. To get leaner again. To get leaner, exactly. And then you would repeat the process. Um, and then over time, you'll see your body composition changing. Um, mm-hmm. just, that's what you do. You just keep shipping away. Yeah. And ultimately that person, so say it's, you know, taken a year, but they're ultimately now free from dieting. Like they're, they're, yes. they're, they're moving away from this uneducated dieting and just like trying to be skinny. And now they're more, they've edu- they're more educated and it's a year later, they're eating more food. They're, they're, they've got more knowledge and life's probably just a bit more, a bit more relaxed with nutrition. They're not trying to stress themselves out and get anxious about overeating all the time, etc. Um, and their body's starting to shift and change and they're seeing all the benefits of, of training, of course, and eating properly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. Did you have anything else you wanted to add in um, before we uh, wrap up? I'd love to, you to also let all of the listeners know where to find you on Instagram and your website as well. Sure. Uh, what I do want to say is, this is a quote that I often really like. It's health is the cornerstone of living a great life. Mm-hmm. So, and the pursuit of your goals should enhance your life, not to detract from it. Mm-hmm. So if you are uh, finding that you're stuck in a position where you're finding it hard to accept weight gain, um, and you know that you have to be in a surplus to get the physique that you want, um, 
you know, reach out to people who are educated and who know how to coach you through this time and do some inner work on yourself if you need to psychologically. Um, and then you'll be able to break free from that and, you know, reap the benefits. So it's, mm. yeah, it's, it's really important um, that, you know, people realize that. Uh, yeah. So, awesome. yeah. So my, my Instagram is lauren.coach01. Um, so I do post some educational content on there as well. So, yeah. Yeah, great. And did you have a website or anything like that in the works so people can reach you or you prefer them just to reach you on Instagram? Yeah, probably Instagram. On Instagram. Awesome. Great. Cool. Thank you for that. Also, I think that's a really important topic. Yeah. Yeah. So good. All right. Wrap it up. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode, guys. And we will hope to catch you in the next one. As always, leave us a little review if you have loved today's podcast um, and take a screenshot, share it with your friends so we can grow our body and beyond community. And don't forget to jump onto that body and beyond community on Facebook as well. So you can stay up to date with our upcoming podcasts. um, And as always ask any questions that you have along the way um, so that we can chat about them here. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Al. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, guys. The Body and Beyond podcast is for information purposes only. This podcast does not constitute advice or services, and the statements and views of the hosts and guests are not medical advice. The information provided should not be used for treatment or diagnosis purposes. Please discuss any information from this podcast with your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle.